Warning, this episode contains foul language, mentions of drug use and overdose, and sound effects that may be jarring for some listeners. Podcast for all things strange and unusual, haunted and harrowing, spooky and spicy, and sometimes downright satanic. I don't know, I actually don't even know if we're getting satanic this week, but we'll find out together. Each week we call each other and chat about something weird, and this week is a fan favorite. This week, we are telling ghost stories. That's right, welcome to another Listener Ghost Stories, where you, our lovely listeners, and occasionally some new friends on the internet tell us the scariest things that have ever happened to them. And in turn, we tell you. And in the end, we all get scared. This week, we've got ghosts, aliens, monsters, and demons. Apparently, I'm all jazzed up on the devil today. Do you have any demons for us? Wait, don't tell me. Save it, save it, save it. All right, weirdos, strap in. Make sure your doors are locked, your flashlight has some fresh batteries, and your blanket goes all the way up to your chin. It's time for some real-life ghost stories. My name is Ashley, and this is my co-host, Lauren. Hello, weirdos. That was one of your best intros really? of all time, by the way. Yeah, like, wow. I, I always appreciate... You'll always call me out when I have a good one, and, I mean, yours are usually pretty up there pretty great but today was next level thank you so much i wrote it three weeks ago so <laughs> yeah we've taken a minute to record this. <laughs> uh yeah sorry this episode's a little late guys had a rough week and you know how that is um also yeah what i was gonna say we had a fantastic run of guests and i had so much fun chatting with them but boy oh boy am i glad it's just me and you I know. Sometimes it is so nice to just be the two of us. Like, we just, we get it. We know what's going on. We mm-hmm. just get to hear some creepy stories, a little witty banter here and there, you know, like, it's good. <laughs> it's some comfy. Giggles. It's happy. Yeah. It's comfy. That's what it is. It's comfy. It is really comfy. I wanted to blast this out because I don't think I did on social media, but um, there's a podcast. It's called Psychoanalysis. It's really fantastic if you like horror movies. And even if you don't, even if you just like psychology, but basically they take a look at horror movies through the lens of um, psychology. So, you know, for example, if they have uh, an episode on the Babadook, they'll talk all about, you know, uh, depression and trauma and grieving and, and how the movie reflects that. And they also do comfort horror movie episodes, which I just got to be on one. I got to you go did the on. Comfort horror? <laughs> yeah. I got to go on and talk about Phantoms, which, as you all yes. should know by now, is one of my favorite <laughs> 
movies ever. So we got to totally nerd out over um, Liev Schreiber and Ben Affleck in a cowboy hat and yes. Rose McGowan. And it was a really good time. So um, check that out. It's uh, You can listen to it anywhere you listen to our podcast. Psychoanalysis is what it's called. Um, oh my and gosh, it's really I great. can't wait to listen. I mean, I always tell you this. You're the reason that I watched Phantoms and I am now so in love with that movie. It's so but good. I- I also just love hearing you talk about it because you love it so much and have the passion for it. So I am very excited. I was fully prepared to go on this show because I've listened to this show before. Um, They've done some really great episodes. Uh, The Bride of Chucky episode is really funny. Oh, I bet. The Blob episode is really good. The Exorcist episode. There's a a ton of really good episodes. Um, But like the guests sometimes are watching the movie for the first time and in this case um the host and the host of the show hadn't seen phantom so i was fully prepared i had my notes ready i was fully prepared to go on there and defend it to the death and i did not have to because they loved it and i was like oh what a dream okay yes that is the best i love that you were so ready to like lawyer up and be like i am about to bring the defense yeah i really was so good I'm very excited to hear. I was like, don't even tell me this is confusing because one, (laughs) no, it's not. Two. (laughs) Two, just let me tell you why you should appreciate it. Let me tell you you why you should appreciate it, even (laughs) though it's flimsy F. So anyways. Hey, guys. So hi, hello. We're here. Sorry (laughs) we've been missing for a little bit, but I feel like coming back with one of your favorite episodes is going to keep us in your good graces. So it's fine. I sure hope so. Today we're telling uh, listener ghost stories. So for anyone, if this is your first listener ghost stories episode, I always recommend uh, popping in a set of headphones because I do add some sound effects and spooky music and uh, it just sounds better um, through a set of headphones. But if you don't have headphones, you'll still get a kick out of uh, today's scares. Can't wait. Do you have demons today? Do you have any demons? Just tell me. I I don't have any demons actually, which I I feel like the last few episodes we've had some, but mine it's interesting. I did not do this intentionally. They were just like the stories that spoke to me. It's a lot of houses, like mm. which I know I know a lot of our stories are involved in houses anyway, and you know people experiencing things, but a lot of it is kind of about like the house and more objects I in the love house it. rather than people. I know it kind of just happened. So you'll see, but not you know really what? demons. I, uh, at least my first story, my first story is like a classic haunted house tale. So <sighs> see, I love we got that. a lot of houses. We got some houses. I'm ready. Let's this episode, it. this is our, uh, <laughs> our fixer upper episode. This is our <laughs> DIY network. Haunted episode. Sponsored by HGTV. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. All right, let's get into some scares. Lauren, you're going first. I'm going to kick it off. This is from, um, this is so fun. Not that it's bad if you want to go anonymous. I don't want anybody to not think they can be anonymous on this show, but it is fun when listeners let us say their names just so we can give them a little shout out. And all of my stories today, I had approval to say names. Hell yeah. So this first one is from listener Sienna. Thank you for writing in. Oh, recognize that name. Hi, Sienna. Uh-huh. Sienna says, hello, ladies. Insert praises to you ladies and your magical podcast here, which is perfect because it's like, we get it. You you enjoy us. We get That's it. All you We're have to awesome. Say. <laughs> um, she says, 
This isn't a typical ghost story, but it is a weird story nonetheless. Mm. My fiance and I live in my now deceased grandparents' house. When we moved in, some things were a little outdated, so my mom, also our landlord, offered to pay for some updates. Here's what happened when we updated the main bathroom. At my request, the only part of the bathroom that was updated was the shower tub area. At the completion of the project, an exhaust fan was installed where one had not been before. The exhaust fan has given me the weirdest vibes, like someone is watching me from the other side. Oh, yikes. And it makes it kind of hard to enjoy a soak in the tub, really. Anyway, one day I go in there to use the toilet, and for whatever reason, I get a feeling that I need to look in the tub. I fight it for a second, thinking it was so strange, but I give in just to prove myself wrong. When I finally did end up taking a peek into the tub, there was a cross-pendant necklace right under the exhaust fan. My fiancé and I aren't really religious people, neither of us have a cross necklace in the time that we've been together, we've never seen one, and we hadn't had any visitors since the last time I used this bath shower area, so I found this extremely weird. I grabbed the cross necklace out of the tub and took it to my fiancé to ask about it. When I showed it to him, he asked where I got it, and I told him, and he made some joke about the bathtub being a bad place to store jewelry. I explained that it wasn't mine, and it had simply just appeared. He didn't think a whole lot about it, just thought that it was some weird event, and he doesn't really believe in the paranormal in general. He just will play along and go to haunted stuff with me for funsies. Once I confirmed what I already knew, that the necklace was neither of ours, I called my mom. I was convinced one of the men that had been working on the house had moved into our attic space, and we were going to be one of those creepy instances of discovering someone living in a crawl space or attic, etc. Yes, always my biggest fear. My mom was convinced the necklace had belonged to my grandma, since it was her house, and she was just blessing the bathtub renovation for us. So my mom came over later that day, saw the necklace, and was able to confirm that, to her recollection, it actually did not belong to my grandma after all. She had never seen it before. So, at my request once again, my stepdad and fiancé made a trip up into the attic and have made multiple trips up there since to make sure nobody is living up there. The necklace turned up missing the very next day, and we haven't seen it again. Strange happenings do occur every once in a while still. I've come home to my Alexa playing music from my library. The robot vacuum and mop will randomly start cleaning out of nowhere. My kitchen speaker has turned on and played creepy music from my phone. And sometimes when I'm alone during the evening, I get the feeling someone else is in the house. And my normally very lazy dogs that usually stay glued to my side when no one is home will act and move like someone is in the other room. Well, that's my story. Thanks well. for listening, Sienna. <laughs> okay. So we are given no explanation at all, just that the necklace arrived, it vanished. To her knowledge, nobody is up in the attic, but what the fuck is happening in that house? Well, you know, it might not be in the attic, maybe they're in the walls. Sorry, oh, Sienna. Ashley, sorry, that's the worst. Sienna. I'm so that's sorry. That's the reality. I completely have that fear as well that she was talking about. I mean, we live in an apartment where there's not really crawl spaces, but if I were to ever buy a house, I would have that irrational fear. And I would be like, um, can we have somebody inspect the walls before we move in and listen for people? I just, I'm really nervous. We have the creepiest crawl space in our house that we live in right now. Oh yeah. It's, it's in the closet. That's where the entrance is. And by crawl space, I do mean you drop down underneath the house and you're on dirt. 
Oh, perfect. It's one of those. I know exactly so. what you mean. I hate that. That is just... I'm trying to think. There's a scene in a horror movie where someone is being chased in one of those crawl spaces in dirt under the house, but I'll never remember what it is, so this story is useless. But if any <laughs> listeners out there know what I'm talking about, it's terrifying. So, lordy lordy. Well, now I'm trying to think of what it is. I know, and it's... Do know, they get she's... into the crawl space? Is it Babysitter? The Babysitter? Yeah, on Netflix. Oh, actually, maybe. There's a part in The Babysitter where the boy hides underneath the house and he gets in through the side, though. There's like a vent outside yeah. and he like gets in that way. Anyways, it doesn't anyway, matter. It might be. Sienna. I know. I was like, we could go on this forever, but my goodness. What a creepy vibe you're getting in your own house. That's such a bummer. I wonder if there's like an alternate reality where or another dimension where someone is living in that house too and they lost their cross necklace for like 24 hours and are like when they found it they were so relieved yeah you won't believe <laughs> it i lost my cross necklace that i wear every day it just disappeared and now it's back and i have no idea where it went totally and i think that's a good way to put it because we want you to live in peace and hope that it was just that simple of a situation <laughs> and not some creep living in the walls but it was funny because she mentioned the deceased grandparents at the start of the story and it was like oh this is going to be a sweet story about her grandma's necklace no no <laughs> not at all the mom said absolutely not we don't know where that necklace is from and funny that it fell from the exhaust fan that you already hate yeah you're already feeling bad vibes from that exhaust fan i know so Mm. i'm sorry but let's hope that it is yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed it's just another dimension just a little time slip you know they turned they turned the particle collider back on so (laughs) who knows what's going on in our world right now uh that's what we're gonna stick with what Before we jump into your story, I did want to not just totally gloss over the end of her story where she was talking about the strange happenings with her electronics, because for once, Miss Ashley, Hmm. I have some kind of haunted, probably not haunted, but to me feel like haunted tales regarding my electronics that are super quick that I wanted to add on because it, (laughs) it relates to the story. So our Google Home, we don't have an Alexa, but for anyone, if you don't know, their Google has its own version called the Google Home that you can just say, hey, Google, turn on my music. Ours comes on all the time and we'll be like, sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Or sorry, I don't do that. I don't have that capability. And it has always freaked me out. But of course, Alex is the same as Sienna's fiance. Like he doesn't believe in any of that. And he's just like, it's fine. It was a glitch. That has always happened though. And I was just sort of like, sure, whatever, maybe it is glitching. But just recently in the last few weeks, some other electronic things have been happening, which started with one of Wilder's little toy dogs. It's a dog on a fake like plastic leash that you can mm-hmm. push around and it'll bark and pant and it even farts, which is hilarious. And it'll be sitting in the corner, not near anybody, not touching anything, and it'll just start tooting away or barking. That has happened for several weeks, so it's now kept in the closet in his room because it was freaking me out. And the other day while Wilder was getting in the car for preschool, our car started locking and unlocking completely on its own, even though neither of us were bumping into the lock button on our door. My keys were sitting on the trunk of the car, touching nothing. I even texted Alex and said, are you sitting on your keys upstairs? Maybe it's somehow reaching the garage from 
the upstairs of our apartment. Yeah. And he was like, no, not touching my keys. They're not even near me. But the car was just going like, chick, chick, unlocked, chick, back, like, beep, beep. So that was really creepy. And then the worst one was I was watering my friend's plants and checking her mail while she was on a trip. And she has a baby monitor plugged in on her kitchen counter that watches her dog in his crate while she's at work. And she had the dog with her on the trip, so it didn't need to be used, but it was still plugged in. So Wilder is there with me, and we're filling up the watering can, and then we hear a buzzing sound coming from the baby monitor, and it's the camera moving slightly to turn to look at us. And then we hear a voice speaking on the monitor. Sounded like a female, but it was super jumbled and hard to understand. I assumed it was just Carrie saying hello, because we can talk on our baby monitor too. So I was like, oh, she saw we were here. She's saying hello. So I texted her and immediately said, what did you say? We couldn't understand. It actually kind of freaked Wilder out, but like, hi. And she was like, what are you talking about? I haven't checked the monitor the entire time I've been on this trip. Like I have my dog with me. I I don't even have the app open. I have to open an app on my phone. Like it is, I did not talk to you. So I, of course, immediately unplugged the monitor and I shoved it against the wall so it couldn't look at us anymore. I stayed strong for Wilder because he already was kind of freaked out. And I was like, it was just Carrie, buddy. She was saying hi to us. It's okay. But inside I was dying and we watered the plants as fast as we could and ran out of there. So I just wanted to share that electronics are haunting me and following me around. Yeah, or Wilder. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> or wilder could no, be wilder it's, it's funny you say that because i've i told you about this was a long time ago when he was a baby the light in his room that would mm-hmm. go on and off and his fan yeah that stopped for a really long time i think i might have even said that in an episode it hasn't really been happening it started happening happening again recently and alex as per usual is just like it's just the electronic shut up but last night finally got him creeped out because he said he was brushing wilder's teeth for him and Wilder hates brushing his teeth so he was screaming and crying and he said every time Wilder screamed the light flickered like almost as if it was attached to his anger in some way and I was like poltergeist so I don't know it but that was the first time Alex was like it was so weird and I can't explain it but the light was flickering right along with our son's cry so so interesting could be something going on I was going to say, yeah, poltergeist would make sense uh, depending on what you believe about poltergeist. But, um, you know, a lot of times poltergeists show up during teenage years because your hormones are so high. But you have to realize that, like, you know, also two and three is a rough time to be alive too. like the the temper tantrums and the the energy that you have at that age. I have no doubt could mess with the electronics. I know. If that's possible, you know, if that's an actual possibility, supposedly. Maybe he's like Carrie. Don't throw any tampons at him. Good. <laughs> I know. I, I had all of those thoughts, too. It's kind of how I, I went through my checklist. I was like, OK, <laughs> the light was flickering with Wilder's anger. That kind of sounds like a poltergeist. Oh, but that's usually attached to more teenage angst. But wait, people call three year olds three-nagers because they're so sassy. So maybe like, like I went through all of it and Alex is just sitting there drooling like I don't care what you're saying. But <laughs> I'm ignoring I, this because I don't like being scared. <laughs> exactly. But I yeah, I think it absolutely could be attached to Wilder and I was happy that Alex sort of had his own experience so I don't sound like the only one saying it but anyway we can move on 
Uh, yeah, please two. keep us updated on your emerging X-Man child. <laughs> I, I shall, I shall. My first story today, as I said, is a classic haunted house tale. Boy, does not get <laughs> better than that. I love, love haunted it. houses. I just want to start a small fire in my fireplace and get cozy with a hot toddy and listen to this bad boy. Or maybe oh, I don't because yes. now, because of the story, I'm afraid of fireplaces forever. Oh. So, okay. Oh, no. This story comes to us from Erica. And you can actually find Erica on Reddit under Erica927. Erica spelled A R Y C K A 927. Okay. Hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. Erica says, When I was 18, but still in high school, I moved in with a friend who had this huge house to herself. Her parents owned it, and it was on their property, but it wasn't super close. They owned a good chunk of land. It was an old house with an old steel-slash-brick fireplace in the den. The fireplace had a heavy door that shut and latched with effort to heat the house. We always built a good fire and then shut the door and locked it before bed. One night, I was brushing my teeth, and I heard that big, heavy steel door open. I assumed it was my roommate checking on the fire, but when I called out to her, I could tell she was in her room, opposite of the den, with the fireplace. So, I walk over to peek into the room and notice the shadows from the fire dancing on the walls. The steel door was wide open. I walk into my friend's room, and I crawl into her bed, and I said, Hey, if you didn't open the door, why is it wide open? As soon as the sentence left my mouth, we both heard the steel door slam shut. No. It shook no. the walls. It slammed so hard. It scared the absolute fuck out of both of us. It sounded like a fucking train was smashing through the house. She wanted to call her dad who lived down the road, but I argued it was 3 a.m. and he would kill us if we woke him up. So we decided to go check it out ourselves. Armed with flashlights and baseball bats, we slowly walked towards the den. But when we got to the room, that door was not only shut, it was locked. There's no way that door could have done it on its own. It was not only heavy, but it was also a bitch to lock once it was hot enough. It took the both of us to get it shut. But I know I saw the door open, and I know we both heard it slam and jumped at the same time. This living situation wasn't exactly the best for me, but I liked the freedoms it gave me. But over the next few weeks, it was severely impacting me. My usual goofy class clown self was now quiet and spacey. My friends at school kept asking me what the hell was wrong with me. And the truth is, I think that the house was sucking the life out of me. There was no TV, no radio, not even a house phone. It was out in the country and I did not have a car, so I was limited on getting anywhere, and eventually my roommate was staying over at her boyfriend's house full time. So there I was in this huge house out in the middle of nowhere with no phone. This was the late 90s. I stopped building fires. I stopped eating. I remember sitting in that den and just staring at the wall until I realized I'd sat there until the sun went down and I didn't realize that the house was even dark. I remember laying in my bed in the room next to mine, the one that we didn't use, made all kinds of noises in the night, scratching and wood groaning as if someone was walking around. And that room was full of furniture. You couldn't walk around in there. I just kept telling myself it's the mice. But finally, I just couldn't take it anymore, and I called my family to come and get me. 
the day my family came, my grandma, who doesn't believe in ghosts, she's a Jehovah's Witness, said she went into my old room to check and make sure we got everything, and she said she swore she heard someone laughing. I've never been back to that house. Someone laughing? Laughing! I would never, ever, ever go back to that house. I was taking a drink of my coffee and I'll spit it out when you said that. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, and you should never go back to that house. I, You know, this story actually got me thinking, speaking of electricity, um, mm-hmm. electronics, devices, etc., and whether or not they have an effect on the hauntedness of a house. Because I bet most skeptics would chalk it up to not having TVs and phones and experiencing spooky shit to, like, boredom and not having distractions. But what yeah. if, what if... The presence of electronics, you know, cell towers, electromagnetic fields, 5G. What if that actually repels spirits? Oh, I wonder. And it actually makes a lot of sense that those forms of energy and waves being emitted would cause some sort of annoyance or possibly even discomfort for something made of pure energy. So that is energy. That's yeah. why we experience more in spooky old buildings with older wiring or abandoned prisons or in the woods at night or in a cabin like that houses some negative entity. Right. Because it's not it doesn't have the same energy that could be pushing it away. Yeah. But you think of like ah. high tech buildings and stuff, and it might not be that, oh, they're new buildings and they were just built. It might be that they have, you know, 5G and they have a lot of <laughs> electronics and they have, 5G. you know, <laughs> stuff like that that actually literally repels paranormal. Right. I don't hate that theory at all. You are the queen of bringing up very <laughs> smart theories which is why i adore you and why all of our listeners Mm, adore you because that you always bring something up that's like why have i never thought of that that makes so much sense because the old creepy creaky buildings with Mm -hmm. not a lot of good electricity going on are the ones that are the most haunted quote unquote as we say or whatever's going on there you know but yeah it's like those are the spooky ones because energies can make themselves right at home yeah, I even think of like my house, like my house yeah. growing up, I obviously had a handful of experiences in a little bit more than a handful. I had two handfuls of experiences in and other people did. So like I know that it wasn't just me and we built that house. So mm-hmm. no one died in that house. Like as far as we can right. tell, no one lived on that land. Why it was haunted was always a mystery. Back in the day, so my parents lived in the middle of nowhere. We didn't have cable We didn't have internet. We had dial-up. You know what I mean? And, like, Mm -hmm. now my dad built a big tower. We actually have internet. We actually have cell service. And almost nothing paranormal ever happens there anymore. Interesting. And I always put thought of it as, like, oh, well, me and Jamie moved out. Maybe whatever was there kind of moved on because it wasn't as fun to be there. But, like, (laughs) what if it's because... We got upgraded, yeah, with the electronics. I don't know. Oh, but also about time that a tower arrived at your home because <laughs> my dad were... had to build his own tower to get fucking Which, internet. In no house. surprise, no freaking surprise. I feel like we just talked about this on our last episode too. That Ron is just like building everything I for know. himself. He's amazing, but 
Also, I'm so happy for the upgrade because you, every time you've gone to your parents' house, you're like, I will text you in the morning when I'm in town at a coffee shop. And then maybe at night, if I go to a restaurant or a bar, otherwise you might not hear from me. Yeah, there was a long time where I got service at my parents' house, but I had to have my phone like on the kitchen counter pointing towards the backyard. You know what I mean? So like I couldn't be near my phone. Yeah. Point it north with the window open and you have to have a piece of tinfoil wrapped around your yeah. finger. <laughs> and you have to take a feather and, <laughs> and fan it. Exactly. Oh, Lord. Um, but thank you, Erica. I'm glad that you got out of that thank house. I, I definitely started thinking about, um, you know, Amityville Horror, which, yep. you know, I, I don't know what all of that story is true and what isn't, but yeah. I do think that sometimes we can be in an environment that affects us in a certain way even if it's not paranormal even if you literally maybe you know became like super depressed I mean that's what happens to me when I get depressed like all of a sudden I'll be like I'm gonna lay down for a bit and I will lay down I won't sleep I won't do anything I'll just stare at a wall and all of a sudden I'll be like it's five yep how much time just went by what happened was I abducted I know (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. That is so real, which, I mean, goes along with so many people's stories. Mm -hmm. I think if you're deeply depressed and you you can become susceptible to who knows what, just seems like there's a darkness. Something is lurking. Oh, Lord. Okay. I have a story from listener Jackie. Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Thank you for your story. Okay. Jackie writes... Hello, weirdos. First off, I just wanted to say how much I love you guys. Mm. And I've been listening to Keep It Weird since the first season. You make life a little easier to bear. Thank you. Thank you. It also makes life easier to bear for us. So <laughs> totally. I was like, we, we need this podcast. Yeah, we're with you. Um, okay. Says this one is a doozy and I apologize for the book, but this is the story of my most recent haunted house experience. So this is the longest story I have. Buckle up. It's all worth it. I promise. Okay. Okay. Jackie says a little backstory. I've always seen energy, quote unquote energy, since I was a little girl and it used to scare the crap out of me. The energy I would see would appear at night often and would wander around my house several of these energies at a time. The scary thing is nothing would speak to me and they would end up surrounding my bed, peering over me while I laid there. But then once I noticed them, they would sort of vanish away. But if they stayed around, that is the point I would freak out and cover my face with my blanket and hold my breath for as long as I could until eventually falling asleep or they would maybe start to move away, disappear, and I could sleep soundly. This experience lasted until my early teens. Can't imagine going through that for so many years. I now can feel and hear things more than see, like I did in my childhood. Fast forward to me as an adult and struggling with my new husband looking for a house to rent in one of Washington's most expensive counties. We were desperate at the time and found a listing for rent in a very cute 1930s yellow house with a very affordable rent price. It was split into townhomes. Our side was two bed, one bath with a shared backyard. We loved it and we jumped on the offer and moved in quickly with no knowledge of any history of the house or who had lived there before. Okay. The day, I know, I'm like, wait. 
The day we signed the lease was the day the previous tenants were doing the walkout, so they were still there as we came to sign. As they finished and were leaving, the female looked me dead straight in the eyes and said, good luck, sternly. No smile and with concern in her eyes. Wow. I didn't think I didn't think anything of it at the time. How could you not? We were so excited to be there that I just didn't care. The only weird thing we first noticed was the second room smelling like baby formula, but I just figured that the tenant before must have had a baby. I was home alone for the very first week, just vibing, watching a movie one night, sitting in a chair that was away from the wall and kind of placed in the middle of the living room. Suddenly, something started grabbing strands of my hair, lifting them off my shoulder, and it felt like they were petting or sort of playing with it. I sat very still, just letting whatever it was be curious, as I am very curious of what in the hell is going on as well. This was the first thing and ended up happening too many times to count in the three years that we lived there. The second week, our home was fully set up and we had a room divider in front of the bedroom window. My husband and I were having sex on the other side of the room when, in the middle of it, the room divider had been picked up and flung on top of us. What? It it actually made us stop everything and check the entire house because it was thrown with such force. And this thing had some weight to it and was huge. So no, it wasn't just a gust of wind. Honey, that would have had me running for the hills. (laughs) If anything, I'm like, I don't know how you stay there. I don't care if it was made of paper. I would have been like, (laughs) absolutely not. (sighs) A few more weeks go by. And as I'm in the house by myself at night, I had just gotten out of the shower. And the way the bathroom set up was the sink was on the outside of the door in the hallway. So I'm in front of the mirror just doing my skincare and whatnot when I glance in the mirror and there is a man standing behind me in the frame to the hallway. I froze in complete shock. This man was younger, maybe in his early mid-twenties and wearing a yellow shirt with glasses. I gasp and turn around and he was just gone. Not there. Also, by this time, my husband had started to see things. He would see things pacing in the kitchen or hear footsteps coming from up behind him when he would go up the stairs to the kitchen from the living room. For most of the time living there, my husband and I would work opposite shifts, me in the morning and him at night. So a lot of the times we never even saw each other during work days because either, either he would be sleeping when I left for work or I was already in bed when he got home. This particular time, as I was sleeping in bed, I had the bedroom door open with a light on in the living room. A lot of the times we would come in from the back door located in the kitchen, but our bedroom door was next to the front door, which was in the living room. I was woken up from him coming in from the back door, walking in front of the bedroom door with the doggos happily surrounding him as they do, and he said, hey babe, so normal. I was like, cool, no worries, same old, same old, back to sleep I go. It didn't seem much longer after that that I was awoken the second time from my husband opening the front door, doggos happily surrounding him as they do, and him saying, hey babe. I asked him, where did you go? Where were you? To which he replied, I didn't go anywhere. I literally just got home. Of course, I was like, don't fuck with me. You were just here. He swore he had just gotten off work and came home just once. The man I saw before was wearing the exact outfit, even exa- even down to the exact hat my husband was wearing. I asked him that night to tell me a secret that no one else knows, so I knew it was him. 
<laughs> I wasn't feeling very safe anymore for a while after that. I totally would have done that same thing. I'm so paranoid. <laughs> like, yes, ask him. <laughs> Make sure. <laughs> Prove it to you. Now, a few months go by, and I ended up having a conversation with our neighbor who had lived on the other side of the townhome for nine years. I can't remember how the topic came up, but she had told me a few tenants ago that there was a baby that had died in the house. And the man that had lived there before the last had overdosed in the bedroom. Apparently, after the man died, the rest of the people that lived in the house at the time just got up and left. So the landlord, not wanting to deal with anything, had removed their belongings and locked it up in the basement. The only way to get into the basement was from the outside, and it was padlocked, shut fully. My friend told me she went down there once when the landlord forgot to lock it, and the tenant that had overdosed in the house had clearly used the basement often. He had a table set up with one chair and a camcorder on the other side of the table. What? This freaked her out so bad that she bolted out of there and swore to never go back down again. Probably a good idea. (laughs) She also told me she could hear people walking around her house a lot in the middle of the night when she knew the whole family was in their bed sleeping. I personally never saw what was down in the basement myself. My best friend ended up moving in with her son and they took up the second room in our townhouse. Her son had a really hard time for a while in there and he didn't feel very safe until we saged and told him that if he ever got weird feels to tell them to back off and that actually seemed to have worked a bit and he eventually got used to all of the energy. His mom had seen, heard, and felt things herself while living there for over a year, including a full-body apparition when standing outside of the house with no one else home. She told me it looked like someone was standing in the window looking out and just watching her. That really made her feel uneasy. She also saw at one point a sack of potatoes come flying off the shelf towards me. My office at the time was set up in the kitchen, and while she was standing in the doorway adjoining the kitchen kitchen, talking to me, she saw a huge bag of potatoes lift in the air and fly a good six or seven feet towards me. We ended up naming this energy Adam. I don't know why, but it just felt right. And we never got very bad or evil feelings from all of it. We just all learned to live and vibe. Even my husband, who is so not a believer of anything strange or spooky, had grown attached to Adam and, against my better judgment, invited him to come live with us when we moved out. I know this was so long and a lot more has happened that I just can't remember all of it at this moment, but keep it weird, my dudes. Love, Jackie, the lifelong weirdo. Jackie, 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 Jackie. I cannot. First of all... Your husband inviting Adam to come with you, I would be like, "Are you kidding me? Adam I want to have one a night of peace." Potato sack at me, <laughs> and a room divider for one top of us divider. when we were just trying to get a little intimate. Like, come on, oh, sweet lord, <laughs> I can't. I. See, I know we usually try to kind of discuss and have theories about what was going on, but I'm just like, that house is evil. I know Jackie said there were no evil feelings, and I appreciate that you didn't feel any of that, but it sounds rough to me. Well, yeah, and maybe it wasn't evil as much as maybe, I mean, Adam obviously, you know, well, not obviously. I was going to say had a drug problem. You can definitely overdose on drugs without having a drug problem, especially these days where... You know, there's like fentanyl, fentanyl and shit. Yeah. yeah, where you can be a very casual drug user and still manage to overdose. But uh, so I don't want to say he had a drug problem, but maybe he was 
troubled in some way and maybe he's still kind of working through that shit and that's so also the baby formula thing like gave me chills that they went in just thought oh yeah i bet a baby lived here before but actually it was like two tenants ago that the baby was in there and that's just such a that's such a crazy thing and so sad but man that house has a whole lot of strange energy going on i'm happy you're out of there and i wish you'd gone in the basement though i would have looked through all of his stuff I know. That's a thing. I I see control myself. I see both sides because I feel like I can be very much team Jackie in that like I I never went down there and I don't know if I needed to if (laughs) it was that scary as the neighbor had said, but also I would be so curious after hearing the camcorder setup Mm -hmm. thing. I kinda just want to know like what what was going on. I think there's I think there's a story there. So I do I agree somewhat. Yeah. And the story could be he was a vlogger. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like not <laughs> even still, like what not was even it? Interesting. You could find <laughs> his vlog like... and his vlog might be like, "Hey, I'm weirded oh. out. I get sacks of potatoes thrown at me. Oh my god, it wasn't Adam. It wasn't Adam. It was someone else." Oh my you know gosh, I mean? we need to find the tapes from the camcorder. Because what if he was recording himself like chain smoking cigarettes, like hasn't slept in weeks, uh-huh. saying like, oh my god, this thing is telling me in my dreams it's going to get me. Oh my gosh, we, I See? mean, first of all, we've written a blog. We wrote it, film, we did second it. Second of all. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. Gotta know. Call us if you want the rights. <laughs> TM, 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 TM. Call us if you want the scoop. <laughs> wow, Jackie. Oh, well, thank you. Jeez, oh man. For writing that. Goodness gracious, Washington, great balls huh? of fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Washington, eh? eh? My next story comes in from Reddit. Reddit user Keohane gave me anxiety, and I am so sorry if Keohane or Keo Keohane. It's K-E-O-H-A-N-E. Um okay. I don't know if I'm uh pronouncing that right, but they spoke to me at length about their experience and oh. y'all. I may not end up taking that Brazilian vacay after all. Oh, no. Because <laughs> this creeped me out. Okay. So, Keohane gave me anxiety says, I spent my late childhood, early adulthood in this house situated in a nature reserve in Brazil, which immediately sounds so perfect. Sounds lovely. Beautiful. Like, sign Gorgeous. Where do I sign? Several weird things happened here and there, like a snake mysteriously showing up in my fully closed room, missing objects here and there, trees that seemed misplaced from one day to the next, but one thing kind of stands out. Now, I am going to start off by saying I'm pretty cynical. I'm an atheist. I don't really believe in paranormal stuff myself, and I usually explain away all the crap that happened. The snake? Cracking the foundation of the house. Likely got in that way. Objects missing, I probably lost them outside the house. Trees moving, I just misremembered where they were. That said, this was weird. This one night, I was just staring up at the stars, which is a benefit of living in a nature reserve, (laughs) the lack of public lighting, and my dog started barking. Now, it was a new moon night, so it was particularly dark, so I couldn't see much but the dogs really rarely barked unprompted. I got up from where I sat to go check on what they were barking at. In my mind, it was probably just one of the little creatures we sometimes got visits from. Armadillos, mice, possums, 
I was wrong. At the edge of the property, I saw what looked like a deer. The kind I knew only from American horror movies with the antlers and shit. That was really weird. To my knowledge, those don't really exist below the equator. But, alright. I tell the dogs to shush, thinking something along the lines of, eh, it's just plants, nothing to worry about. But then the thing starts to move. It stands up over the fence we had there. Mind you, the fence was about two meters tall. So this thing is massive. And as soon as it was upright, it let out this bleat that sounded like a woman's scream. In the split second it did this, I just ran with the dogs inside the house and sheltered myself under the table. I never saw that thing again, thank God. Uh. Now, okay, when... When I first read this story, I immediately thought Skinwalker, because that's sort of our country, and to be more specific, our indigenous people's lore of creatures that look like animals but aren't. That was what I thought the second you started the story. Yeah, but uh, they explained to me that in Brazil, they have a creature called the Ananka, and this creature devours the dead and protects nature and can take the form of many animals, but most often takes the form of a deer. And essentially, the Tupi people of Brazil believe that this creature devours their dead and can do so potentially before their souls reach Guahupia, which is their afterlife. So when it's time to prepare their dead, they surround them with food offerings and a fire to warm the body, hoping that if the Anhanga came, it would eat the food instead of the dead and the fire would protect the body further. So that's sort of the lore and I yes. did look it up. Brazil does have deer, and some do have antlers, but they're the, not the same type of antlers that he was referencing in, like, American horror movies, like 10-point buck-style deer. Right, the huge Yeah, ones. in Brazil, they have marsh deer, and they're much smaller in their frame, and they have shorter, fat, fuzzy antlers. They're pretty cute. Oh, that sounds really adorable. <laughs> they definitely wouldn't stand over two meters tall and have huge antlers and scream like a lady- would Ugh. nope i'm not a fan of that it's like la llorona in deer form yeah <laughs> just giant screaming monster i oh. do you know uh, many many indigenous peoples from all over the world do have uh, legends and lore of sort of spirit animals that protect nature right um that do kind of weird things like stand on two feet make sounds like people i mean skinwalkers videos of skinwalkers really creep me out because most of the time it's just someone walking through the woods and then they hear like hey come here and it's like huh why who if that's a person no i'm running if that's a skinwalker no no, no. no, i'm running if it's a bird who can mimic people maybe i'll stick around but i don't see any birds (laughs) so i'm running so i'm running i'm out of there i'm out gosh i'm not doing out That is terrifying. So we're not going to go to the nature reserve in Brazil. No, we're not going to have that retreat. Pass. It's oh, as beautiful my. as the stars sound. Oh, oh my gosh. But thank you so much for letting us tell your story. Um, yes. I don't know what you saw that night, but I'm glad that it got you at least a little interested in the paranormal. What is that one scary movie where the woods monster has antlers? Uh, the Ritual? 
Yes. Yeah. I was like, why I wanted to say something with an R, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. A, that's another thing I was imagining in my head was just this like giant antler horror Ant- show. Antler monster. Yeah. The Ritual is one of those rare horror movies that shows you the monster and it uh, isn't disappointing. One thousand percent. That's actually how I sell it to people. So I'm glad that you feel that way, too, because I hate when a monster is revealed too early when there's no payoff. But in the ritual, it's done so well and it makes you pee your pants no matter how often you see it, to be honest. (laughs) A lot of the time, once you finally see the monster, you're like, oh, well, unfortunately, mostly it's because today it's CGI and it's very hard to be scared of something that's made of CGI. But Sure. But yeah, sometimes it's just like, oh, that's not that scary. But this thing was terrifying and I hated it. Really, really terrifying. Yes, it was well done. Haunts my dreams. Goodness. Okay, this next story is from actually this one is special. It's from a childhood best friend of mine. Her name is Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Nicole, she, we actually just recently reconnected on good old Facebook Messenger, something that Facebook was good for. Um, We met when we were little in the musical Oliver. We both got super short haircuts and I played Oliver and she was the artful Dodger. And for anyone who knows the movie or play, that'll mean something to you. If you don't, it's kind of like I was like, sure, the artful Dodger, (laughs) of course. That's like basically the kid on the street that like takes Oliver under his wing and is like, I'll show you how to pickpocket and survive on the streets. And they in the movie are little boys, but they were played by us, two little girls. So we both got bowl cuts to be in it because we were that dedicated at nine years old. And I had a really strange year with a bowl cut after that. And Nicole got (laughs) to go through it with me. So she's a very special friend. Um. But we were friends for many years. I definitely have memories of sleeping over at her house and being super freaked out by her basement and her upstairs hallway. I could never really explain why, but they always freaked me out. And then she started to kind of share stories as we were growing up of her haunted experiences. So when we reconnected, I said, wait, can you write <laughs> me in some of your hauntings? Because I'm going to talk about them on the podcast. So um, Nicole, love that we reconnected, first of all. And second of all... I am going to read your story now. Okay. She says, Most of my childhood that I can remember included scary stories, night terrors, and being afraid of the dark. When I was eight, my family lived over overseas in Wales, and we lived in an old cottage in a fishing village. And my sister and I had two rooms with a shared bathroom on the second floor. Which, first of all, like, it's so cool that her family lived in Wales when yeah, she was no growing kidding. up. I'm like, don't want to skip over that. But, um... She says, one night I woke up to the sound of the door shutting and I could hear someone going to the bathroom. The light was on and I didn't even think twice because it was probably just my sister. The toilet flushed, the light went off, but no one came out of the bathroom. I laid there paralyzed in fear for quite some time before mustering the courage to sprint into my sister's room. I woke her up asking if she just used the bathroom. Annoyed, she said no, rolled over and went back to sleep. This was the start of it all. A year or so later, my family moved to Illinois, and arguably it is the most haunted place I've lived, which, so funny, many people who we know from Illinois have said that, so I'm like, oh, goodness. Incidents happened frequently in this house. Books I would purposely leave on my nightstand would move across the room while I was getting dressed. Cabinets would be open in the kitchen shortly after leaving the room while home alone, and lots of wakings in the night seeing a creature 
This is where the difficulty sleeping started, because I would frequently wake up in the night and see the same crouched figure in the corner of my room. It happened so often that most nights I ended up sneaking in and sleeping with my little three-year-old brother in his bigger bed. It was awful. And because night terrors ran in my family, that is what my parents chalked it up to, but I always felt that it was not that. The most memorable moment in that house happened in the basement. I was home alone, about 13 or so, went in the basement fridge to grab a soda. I said out loud to myself, hmm, I think I'll have a Coke. And immediately after, I heard a raspy man's voice shout, shut up. I was hysterical. I sprinted across the neighborhood to my friend's house with her and her mom to tell them what happened. I was shaking and in disbelief, and they helped me calm down. They came back to the house with me and waited with me until my family returned from the pool. These moments were frequent, and I had lots of friends witness these situations over the years, and they were scared to sleep over. Sorry, Nicole, I was included in that. (laughs) Over the years, this continued and seemed to subside when I began college as I had a roommate. But when I went away to graduate school in Pittsburgh, the visions and episodes returned. I was renting a room in an older home, and the creature in the corner came back. Not as often, but there was enough that I started sleeping with the light on at 21 years old. There were moments where the cabinets would open and close, and the garbage bin lid would randomly start swinging. I had a good friend at the time visiting who was sitting in the kitchen with me when the garbage can lid happened, and she was crying, asking if we should rent a hotel room. The last memory I have was waking to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and seeing that crouching figure in the corner one last time. The terror I would feel every time this happened is indescribable. All I know is when I moved in with my then-boyfriend, now-husband, after graduate school in 2012, I never had an episode again. I still get moments where I get the chills and feel a presence or mild visions I believe to be a message, but they are not scary. I like to think I have a sort of sense that was not developed when I was a kid, and it just manifested as scary for my age. But who knows? Love, Nicole. Love, Nicole. (laughs) After all of that. Figure in the corner that followed you. I know. Everywhere you went. Mm -hmm. And especially, (laughs) I think of after that Dreams episode we did where, like, the area that I covered was night terrors after like so I still kind of have all of that research in my mind when I'm reading the beginning of her story I sort of agree with her parents and I'm like this it does sound like night terrors Mm -hmm. to be honest but then when it followed her into her adult life which is incredibly rare that's where I start to be like well wait a minute yeah and then just suddenly vanished like when she had the roommate it vanished and then now living with her husband it vanished so it's like it comes for her when she's alone which is interesting. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That's worrisome. I don't like it. <laughs> I'd be like, cool, like I'm glad bit. I can never be alone again. I mean, obviously, I, I wonder if like her, her husband's ever gone away for an, any amount of time and anything's happened or if it's just like a matter of like living in a place with someone has. With someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it sounds, because she seemed pretty adamant that, like, nothing occurs now that we're together and living together. And now they have a son, too, so there's even more people in the house. And like she said, she has, you know, a feeling that maybe there's a sensitivity there, similar to you, where, you know, maybe she's feeling something, but it's not not the scary vision she saw when she was younger. But 
man, I, I was that person that was so scared by her house when we'd sleep over and I didn't even ever witness anything I just kind of felt the bad vibe and then she would share her stories and I'm like okay this is why I hate your house yeah some houses are just weird like I I had a couple friends where it was like I didn't have any experiences there but I just didn't want to go there I had one friend actually where I I didn't like going over to this is kind of a very dark story but um I didn't like going over to her house and she was a good friend of mine. So, and she had a great house. She had a, a like rope swing in the back and a pool and a trampoline. Like it was like the place that you'd want to be as a kid, but I didn't like going over there and I didn't know why. And I never experienced anything. I never saw anything. And I'm talking like even with the people in the house, but I found out um, much older that she actually was sexually abused by her brother. Oh, and I now yeah. wonder if that's what I was feeling. It not necessarily totally. that it was a haunting, but that like things happened there that were traumatizing to my friend. Yes. My friend never said anything to me. She never like looking back, I can I I I can be like, "Oh, that's probably what was going on." But um yeah, there was no reason that I should feel this like oppressive dark feeling right in this place. Totally. That makes so much sense, though. It doesn't even have to be, paranormal. you know, as we keep saying, the quote unquote haunting, the paranormal, mm-hmm. supernatural. You were just picking up on a a dark energy, which absolutely was present in that house. You now know. Yeah. But that is, oh, that is so sad. Horrible. But you definitely, you have a, a talent for that kind of a, a superpower. And I know a lot of people do, though, as we're learning. I, I think my sister has it. I think my friend Nicole has it. And Maybe Wilder has it. We don't know. I think a good amount of people have it. They just don't know how to tap into. Well, they it. just don't know what it is. Like a lot of people, I think, you know, have it in a sense where they're like, "Well, yeah, that's just my instincts." And in a way, it is. It's not anything like fantastical. Sure. I think it is simply right. just, you know, my eyesight sucks, but my sixth sense is pretty attuned. You know, is strong. Yeah, yeah for sure. You're right. Uh wow well thank you Nicole I'm glad you shared those yes. <laughs> terrifying thank stories. you so much for sharing your awful experiences with us Sorry about uh. this next story comes in from Andrea hi Andrea hi Andrea this is a fun fact about Andrea that our listeners might get a kick out of one of her stories was featured on the show My Paranormal Nightmare. What? Which we have talked about here on Keep It Weird before, and I believe I even so posted about it in our newsletter once or twice. So I think you did. Yeah, yeah. She had that's um, really fun. She had joined Reddit, and her very first post ever was explaining an experience she had as a child. And the show, uh, My Paranormal Nightmare, read it and reached out to her, and she got to go on the show and talk about what happened to her. So okay. it's uh, awesome. season one, episode six, for anyone who's interested in watching it. And fortunately for us, it's not the last experience Andrea would ever have. She has a uh, newer tale for us. And this one is quite spooky, but awfully sweet, which is my favorite kind of story. Yeah, I was going to say, we need the sweet. (laughs) We need some sweet in this episode. (laughs) Andrea says, I went down to help rebuild some houses in New Orleans. It was about seven years after Katrina, and there were still skeletons of houses boarded up with spray paint reading, two dead inside, one adult, one child, dead inside, or zero found. 
I cried a lot during that trip. It was devastating seeing how long those houses had been standing there as a horrible reminder to those who lived through it. But even with all that heartbreak and destruction, every person I met welcomed me with a big smile and a hug. There were a group of sisters that we were helping to rebuild their childhood home. I had the job of rebuilding their bedroom that they all shared as children, and it made me so happy to be working on that bedroom, as that's how I grew up, one bedroom for four girls, and I know how special that room was to them. I kept a place in my heart for those sisters and made sure I did the best I could, even though I'm not the strongest or handiest person around. Amen, girl. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. Now, during all this, going between other jobs, sightseeing, and everything else, the people I was working with and I kept finding change everywhere. We'd come back to sleep in our bunk beds, and there would be dimes and nickels in our beds, under our pillows, sometimes in our shoes. We were finding them everywhere. One girl said she heard that finding dimes meant an angel or a spirit was saying hello. We weren't too sure of that, though. On our last day of working on the sisters' home, they made us an amazing dinner with gumbo and everything New Orleans you can imagine. And while we were eating and talking, they told us stories of what the neighborhood was like when they were children in the 60s. One of the stories they told us was about an elderly man who lived a few houses down. They said he would walk up and down the streets with a jar of coins to hand out to the children so they could run down to the corner candy store. My heart fluttered when I heard that, and we all looked at each other, remembering what that other group member had said. Maybe it was a coincidence, maybe nothing at all, but I like to believe it was that sweet old man thanking us for helping his neighborhood, and those sisters he would so fondly give candy money to. (sighs) That is really sweet. That's so sweet. It's really sweet, but also I am going to ruin it by saying that I watched Candyman the other night, and so I just think (laughs) of, like, sweet Sherman, who was just a a troubled man who wanted to hand out candy to the kids with no ill will, and And then, you know, the evil. Beat to death by Which, yeah, it doesn't mean to say that this old man wasn't also sweet, like Sherman originally was, but I just think of, like... All that came to my head was the darkness of the 2021 Candyman. Ignore me. It's a very sweet story. It is. Yeah. I know that. That's nice. A lot of paranormal happenings. I mean, New Orleans is a very spooky place. It's a very spiritual place. It's a very spooky place. There's a ton of ghost stories that come out of New Orleans and not just from the residents who believe in it, but from people that visit who say like, yeah, it's just got a weird vibe. And I think that when you are in a place where the population is so spiritual, I think that it would stand to reason that there would be more spirits around because why wouldn't they want to hang out where people give them offerings and people, you know, celebrate them. Totally. And uh, I know that after major um, tragedies like hurricanes, um, stuff like that gets amped up. Right. Um, and I don't know if that's because of the amount of lives lost or what that is. I mean, you know, there's there's a whole um, Unsolved Mysteries episode on the hurricane that happened in Japan. Right. I don't know if we talked about it or just both watched it and then texted about it. I always get those two things mixed up. But yeah, that is some of those stories were so wild mm-hmm. because after something that big happens, there are so many 
experiences and moments of, yeah. you know, family members feeling things. And I mean, just the whole city feeling things, but it's crazy. But I do like the idea of this old man still, still handing out change. I know, sweet man. I love that. We're going to believe that that is what was happening. <laughs> yeah, I love it. absolutely. But <sighs> thank you so, so much, Andrea. I loved that story. And um, I'm very excited to check out. Uh, I know I've I've seen season one of uh, uh, my Paranormal Nightmare. So I, I, I know I've already seen it, but I'm definitely going to go rewatch her episode so I can see it again and yeah. put a face now to the I name. Go back. Yeah. See who Andrea is. Oh, that is so fun. Thanks for writing in. Okay. This is my my final story. From listener Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Thank you, Jenna. Jenna says, when I was in high school, I would babysit for the family across the cul-de-sac from my house. They had recently moved into the neighborhood and had two boys, a seven-year-old, we'll just say Isaiah, fake name, and a one-year-old. They moved in after the previous homeowners, an older couple and their adult son, because they had suddenly left. I didn't know them well, just simple hellos if we crossed paths. This new family, though, was so nice, and the mom would tell me about her Native American background and her belief in shapeshifters, spirits, and other spooky things. It creeped me out a little as I hadn't plant as I hadn't yet gained an interest in that kind of stuff yet, but when they asked me to babysit, I would. It was a Friday night, sometime around Christmas, when they asked me to come watch their boys for a few hours while they went out with their friends. I agreed and headed over around six to get settled in and say hello before they took off. The baby was so sweet and cuddly, clinging to my chest the moment I picked him up. And his older brother, Isaiah, was rambunctious and playful like any typical seven-year-old is. After their parents left, we ate pizza, watched some TV before Isaiah headed upstairs to play by himself before bed. He was pretty independent and responsible, so I told him that he needed to be in bed by nine and that I'd be up to check on him in a bit. I stayed downstairs on the couch with the sleeping baby on my chest, watching a movie, and lost track of time. I checked the clock, and it was 9.30, but I could still hear footsteps upstairs, so I went up to tell Isaiah it was time to wind down, and as I headed up the stairs, I could see a sliver of light coming from his bedroom. I figured he'd heard me coming up and hopped into bed quickly, hoping to trick me into thinking he'd been there the whole time. Little did he know, I knew every trick in the book, (laughs) so I walked into his room, touched the bottom of his foot, checking the temperature because they have hardwood floors throughout the house and when you walk on them with bare feet the soles of your feet are cold to the touch really smart but his feet were warm and he was clearly out cold he just had forgotten to turn his bedroom light off before falling asleep so i flipped the switch convincing myself that i had mistaken another sound for footsteps because with a baby in my arms and a kid in the house i couldn't start freaking out so i just left his door cracked and i wanted to make sure i could hear him if he gets up I wasn't brave enough to check the other rooms to try and find the source of the footstep sound, and I went back downstairs. I spent a while sitting on the couch in silence, listening for any other strange noises, but I heard nothing, so I went back to the movie. Not even five minutes after I turned the TV volume back on, the footsteps begin again. This time, they are followed by the sound of a door shutting. Not slamming, but a gentle shutting. I'm still mustering up all the logic and reasoning that my 16-year-old self can, and I tell myself that Isaiah must have gone to the bathroom. So I lean back on the couch, looking up towards the landing of the second story, 
and I see that Isaiah's door is exactly how I left it. The bathroom is across the hall from his room, so he'd have to go through his door to get there. I stood up to investigate when, one by one, the string of Christmas lights that the family had strung up on the railing of their stairs began falling off the hooks. Not all at once, but hook by hook, the lights fell off. If it weren't for the sleeping baby in my arms, I would have screamed. I have never been more terrified in my life, and I clutched onto the baby for dear life. I was frozen in place, standing in the foyer, not believing what I had just seen, when behind me, car lights showed through the windows. They broke me from my open mouth, teary-eyed stance, and I turned quickly to sit back down on the couch like nothing bad had happened. The second the parents walked back inside, I handed over the baby, grabbed the cash, and bolted with a flimsy <laughs> excuse that I don't even remember. Fast forward a few weeks... We were holding a family get-together at my house, and lots of extended family from my mom's boyfriend's side was there. I was talking to so-and-so's girlfriend making small talk in the front yard, and she kept glancing over at the house across the street like she recognized it but wasn't quite sure. I asked why she was looking, and she asked if I knew the family who lived there. And as I began to explain, her eyes filled with tears, and a wave of realization washed over her face. She told me that the couple's son, who had lived there before, was one of her closest friends from high school. She recognized the house because their friend group would hang out there when they were teens, but it had been so long since she had been there. Her and her friend had drifted apart as they got older. He got into drugs and partying after high school while she went off and got a college degree and entered the corporate world. She had heard recently that he had passed away from a drug overdose, which would explain why his parents left the home so suddenly. Yeah. I told her about what happened to me that night when I babysat, and she laughed, telling me that it sounds like her friend was having some fun scaring the shit out of me, out of the teenage babysitter. And it felt better knowing it wasn't some malevolent spirit, but I still never babysat for them again. Jenna. <sighs> Well, Jenna. <laughs> that is very creepy, but also kind of had a sweet ending. Not sweet. Not sweet I mean, but it's also, what happened to the friend. Yeah. But also, to, like, just have the connection of somebody saying, like, oh, I knew the guy that was there, and that's totally, like, that sounds something, like something he would do. He would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> the only thing I could think when she was like, I held the baby close to my chest as I was terrified is that I would find I would put that baby down so fast because I would be so afraid that I would just throw the baby. Like ba right, baby would be like the weapon. Scared... Yeah, like I don't think I would. I think that like I think that my instincts would would not allow me to do that, but like that's my first instinct is to throw something. So if I'm holding a baby, I cannot trust myself. Anything. To not throw I, baby. <laughs> I understand that, where it's just like, yeah, that's going to be your reaction, like to toss or to drop <laughs> yeah. or anything. I'm just like, Bah! I got to put this baby down. <laughs> I cannot yeah, be scared the and the baby. hold the baby. <laughs> I, I also just can't imagine, like, that gives me, like, I have such a respect for Jenna in that moment of like clutching a baby, letting it sleep soundly on your chest while you're like terrified out of Freaking your mind, out. trying to investigate what the hell is happening. You're watching lights slowly be oh. ripped off of a railing. I, it's just, that's something really like kept her straight cool. out of a horror movie for sure. A horror movie. Yep. Stranger Things as well. They had some Christmas light things. It's just too much. Yeah. Christmas yeah. light things. 
You know, you Will know, was talking through some lights, just like the whole plot Christmas vacation. One. I mean, <laughs> the Grinch. Everything. Some Christmas lights in that. Let's just name every the Santa Claus. Let's talk about. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> um, Jenna, was that Jenna? That was Jenna. Thank you, Thank Jenna. You, Jenna. Wow, uh, that, that was, was a good story. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, our final story um, comes from Reddit user Poetress. And this time we're heading to Ontario. Okay. All over the world go. hearing ghost stories this week. Really love it. As usual, I always ask contributors to our show if they'd like us to promote anything of theirs. And Poetress said that they didn't have anything to personally promote, but said that they do work for a distress line. So perhaps we could promote our national suicide line. And I think that that's a fantastic Uh idea and also a great opportunity to tell you guys what's happening with our national suicide hotline right now. Um, So for anyone who doesn't know, along with our country's emergency line, 911, there is a new lifeline for mental health and it's 988. It just launched, uh, not this last Saturday, but the Saturday before, and this is huge um, because in a moment of crisis, it's going to be a lot easier to dial 988 than Google the National Suicide Hotline or even look up the contact if your phone if, in your phone if you have right. it saved or something. So, Yeah, this is huge. All you have to do is dial 988 and you will be connected to someone who can help. Um, however... Even though the network is made up of 200 call centers and it's supported by federal, state, local, and private funds, it does need our help. With the launch of 988, they're expecting calls to the hotline to almost double, which will add pressure to an already strained system. And the last thing we need is for people calling this number at a moment they need someone the most just to be put on hold. So please... If you can donate to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988lifeline.org slash donate, you could literally help save a life. So that's 988lifeline.org slash donate. Amazing. Yeah, let's help them out because that is so important. And it's huge that they have made it that easy to call the number, you know, and that quickly. But. I also, one of my friends back in Illinois, this is just a shout out to all my childhood besties on this episode, but I have a friend named Lexi who actually works for the Suicide Hotline, and she she's just one of those people that, like I always say, is about my sister, too, working in hospice. She's mm-hmm. one of those people that can handle this type of thing. Yeah. This job is not for everyone, but she she also has been recently shouting it out in her Instagram stories and promoting it and i just i also wanted to give her a little shout because i think it's incredible what she does and the people that you know are working in this these call centers are amazing human beings who are going to help you out but they absolutely need more people we Mm -hmm. need more lines to be able to take the calls so let's help them out yeah and and it it handles a lot of different specific needs too so if you are a trans person for example and you're in a moment of crisis you can call and be connected to someone who who knows your struggle and can speak to you on a personal level if they are available so if if they get more donations they can they can hire more people and and make sure that there's always someone to answer the call when the calls come in so thank you so much for that reminder poetress and thank you for allowing us to share your story with our listeners so are you ready i am all right poetress says I was spending the night at my dad's when I was like 21. I shut the bedroom door, which meant lifting it a bit and pushing it to close it tight. And then I laid down. 
I immediately couldn't move, and I started hearing this noise that made me think of a chopper. And I could also hear talking. Not words, just the sound of people talking. It got louder and louder, and I was so scared that I couldn't move. Then it stopped, and I heard the front door open. I heard footsteps and the sound of something being dragged down the hall. It made me think of a garbage bag. Then I heard my room door open. I was so goddamn terrified, I was finally able to force my eyes open. The door was wide open, but no one was there. My body could finally move again, and I got up and crept into the hall. My dad lived up north and away from the city, so it's a very dark place. I couldn't see anyone, and I didn't hear anything. I walked to the living room and went to a lamp. This lamp was the kind that turned on by turning a knob, and it slowly came up to full brightness. But when I turned it on, it kept getting brighter and brighter and brighter. It got so bright, I covered my eyes and turned my head. When I opened my eyes again, I was back in bed, and my bedroom door was wide open. I know people will say sleep paralysis and nightmare, and I can't argue with that, but in 40 years, I have never, ever had another experience like it. I have insomnia, I always have, and this started as soon as I laid down. But I don't know, I don't really believe in aliens here either, but I'll tell you this, my dad still lives there 20 years later, and I've stayed in a hotel every time I've visited ever since. That's how frightening it was, whatever it was. That's saying something. My goodness. You were abducted. Yeah, you were 100% abducted. <laughs> I I did honestly immediately think abduction. And then I was like, hold up, hold up, pull it back, Cass. It doesn't have to be an abduction. Don't always go so, for aliens, Ashley. <laughs> I did try to debunk it with a sleep paralysis explanation, but it just doesn't fit as someone yeah. – who has had sleep paralysis several times right. and it has manifested several different types of feelings and hallucinations. None of this said sleep paralysis to me. Yeah. First of all, it just it doesn't happen as soon as you lay down, especially for someone who suffers from insomnia and doesn't fall asleep as soon as their head hits the pillow. You don't just go into sleep paralysis. Absolutely. It's something that happens when you are falling asleep or even sometimes when you're transitioning from one REM cycle to another. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, sure, if you had been to Disneyland that day and you were just exhausted, <laughs> maybe. Maybe your head hit the pillow and it was maybe truly like you, you could fall out, into yeah. it. Yeah. No, no, no. But I think, you know, he would have remembered being particularly tired right. and worn out. So. I agree. Like, oh, I was the most exhausted I've ever been. Like, that would have been part of yeah. the story. So. I'm going to say sleep paralysis isn't likely. Could it have been a dream? Sure. It could have been a nightmare, definitely. But even if it was a nightmare, you know, it scared him enough to never stay the night in 20 years. And also, like he said, in order to close the door, you had to lift it up mm. and push it to close it tight. So even if it was a nightmare, like how did the door right. open? Why was the door open when it takes that much yeah. work? I... I don't like it. I'm scared. The, the I wouldn't. I would not ever stay there again either. Like that. Yeah. No matter if it's a dream or not. Like that would be enough to say, nope. I'm gonna steer clear of that zone. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. I also asked uh, Poetris if his dad ever experienced anything strange there, and he said that he's never mentioned anything strange, and that his dad did brush this off as a dream, which is understandable. 
And I also asked if he'd be comfortable telling me where this was. And I'm not going to blast out the city here, but I will say it's in Ontario and it was a hot spot for UFO activity. Specifically, there were some crazy stories out of this place between 1950 and 1990. There were 51 reported verified witnesses with some of those people reporting over 23 sightings each. Okay, well. There are reports of UFOs landing near mines. In one case, a miner literally passed out at the mine first aid station after claiming to have been hypnotized by creatures that came out of a craft. What? There was another miner who claimed to have received messages from the creatures as well. And he said, and I quote, I would rather be dead than relay the message it gave me. It was horrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) There's there's even a story out of this area where a squad car was chased by a UFO. So... Mines, caves, check. Yep. Real hellier vibes. I was just about to say, we know about <laughs> mines. We've talked about hellier on here. We know We've the mines. We've talked about mines. Got that um, activity, baby. Also, I, I mentioned to Pet- Petrus, when I looked at the city on a map, I was interested by how much water was in the area because I know that's a popular theory that yeah. UFOs are seen more often near water. Right. And he said that was interesting to him because there are over 300 lakes there. Of course there are. The mines, the lakes, the the no other activity happening to the father. It's like, okay, yeah, because if it was a haunting or, you know, something that was happening with the house, there probably would be Mm -hmm. other experiences. But it was this unique abduction moment. That's my theory. Yeah, there there was a a girl the other day on Twitter who posted something about how was it Twitter? It was Twitter or my Facebook, but it was someone who was in my friend who I followed that was at home and she heard something outside and she went out and looked out the window and she didn't see anything, but she thought it was interesting that she couldn't hear any bugs because this time of year, especially in Illinois, I mean, if you're sitting in my living room, all you hear outside is like, wah, 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 yes. wah. like it's bugs, bug city yeah, outside. Yeah. And she was like, huh, no bugs. And then she went and sat back down in her living room and the power went out and then came back on and then went out and then came back on. And then her garage door started opening and closing. Mm. What? And I immediately was like, UFO? Yeah. Was there a UFO? Seriously. That sounds like some close encounter shit. It sure does. To go out and only hear the silence, which in the Midwest you are mm-hmm. never hearing on a summer's no. day. Ooh, that's eerie. But I think this is as good a time as any to say that next week we're talking about my favorite thing in the whole wide (laughs) world. Aliens! (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it. Also, we're doing the way, it, Peter. The, we're doing it, Peter. The way <laughs> Ashley presented it to me was so funny because you said it as if I was like your parent who would maybe turn you down. You're like, can we, pretty <laughs> please? We possibly. It's been a while. Could we do <laughs> aliens? I was like, I would love just... to talk about aliens with you anytime. <laughs> because again, Ashley is the queen of coming up with a new theory, a new way to look at aliens. So, like, you know, we're going to bring it. We're going to bring it. It's going to be fun. 
We're going to be discussing the water UFO connection, the announcement of NASA launching a UFO slash UAP study. I have some interesting invasion theories Mm -hmm. and much more. So get pumped for what is sure to be a two-part extraterrestrial extravaganza. Love it. So excited. Thank you, Poetress, for letting us share your story. I'm pretty sure you were abducted. Sorry about that. I'm glad that you have no other memories from that experience because I've heard it's pretty shitty. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's the important part that like there's no (laughs) really bad, horrible thing stuck in your brain. So yeah, let's cling to that. But if you're ever interested... You could get get hypnotized and see if anything comes up there. Ooh, yes. That happens quite a bit. Uh-huh. We might be talking about that next week, too. I don't know. Mm, we'll so. see. <laughs> we'll see. Guess you'll have to tune back in. Uh, so yep. that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope we were able to make all the hairs stand up on the back of your neck. And that you find it a little harder to sleep tonight or maybe you'll fall asleep as soon as your head hits the pillow and you'll become frozen and hear a helicopter <laughs> Lord. i don't know we'll see join us next week for our 10th or so alien episode i've lost count but honestly for me they just get better and better so why stop here Please, please consider donating to our show. It's the summer months, which are definitely our slowest months for the pod in terms of listenership and patronage, but we still have bills to pay to keep this podcast rolling. So if you have a dollar to ten dollars to spare to give to your favorite show, please do so at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast. Every cent goes to Lauren and I producing the show, paying our fees to run the show, helping us supplement our income for all the time we spend working on the show, and the seemingly endless amounts of subscriptions we need to operate our website, photo, audio, and video editing, and social media. So please consider becoming a patron because you'll also get bonus episodes, discounts on merch, a newsletter, and more for doing so. Yay! Follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and grab yourself a t-shirt or a tank top at www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch. Um, as for a sign-off today, do you have anything, any message you want to give to anybody at this trying time in our lives? Oh my gosh. I don't. I don't have anything clever to say other than... Watch, watch out. No, that's all I have. Watch I, out. All only right. because today, <laughs> I didn't even mention this, but there were police cars on my street and it was really scary coming home with my oh, son. Yeah. So just watch your back. But that's in Los Angeles. So Ashley had geese in a yard next to her. So maybe you're going to live a happy goose Maybe you're life. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. You- maybe you'll have... We hope that you have a goose life and not a gun life. Goose life, not a gun life. Do you have a message that's better than watch out? Uh, the only thing I kind of wanted to say is that if you have any old friends that you uh, haven't talked to in a while and you really want to see how they're doing, um, just take the time to do it and send them a message and don't wait because you might regret it. So just... Um, Stay in touch with the with your old friends and check in on people every once in a while and make sure that they're doing okay. It's a good and um, also watch out and watch out and keep, keep it, it super weird. weird. <laughs>
Zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my zoom, heart zoom, go zoom. Boom, boom. Everybody say hey. Oh, oh, well. oh, we went to different ones, but I like that one. We better. went to different songs. <laughs> I was doing some Xenon <laughs> Girl of the 21st Century from. How about Zoom, 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 Zoom? I want you in, in my room. Let's spend the night together from now until forever. <gasps> yep, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, are you ready? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Let's go.